0: Casey, and this is Mind Over Movies. Hey, yes, I'm Isaac. And I'm Casey. And, were and this week... Well, welcome back. I what is up? up to, back to, back to the, the Marvel
1: fan? Mind Over...
0: So this so is my favorite podcast. Mind Over Marvel. 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 We get right into this. We get right into this. We
2: get right into this. We our first series. We get right into this.
0: Dun, 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 dun. It's the it's the fiftieth 50th
1: 50th Can we get some applause in the audience? Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Guys, always always with this live studio audience supporting us mm-hmm. like no other. I mean, this show is just not the same without those classic interactions.
1: Yeah, for real. Um, can we get a can
0: we get a, one word from the audience? bird
1: bird bird is, is the word bird bird, bird. Bird's, birds the word The word's bird 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 that was a good word that was
0: a good word <laughs> and uh I personally think that we should kill
1: that guy now I think we should no Alright, we got our dead studio audience member out of the way. Yeah,
0: you know that we had to bring that back for the big five <laughs> oh. The
1: big five oh.
0: And don't worry, there's gonna be lots and lots of callbacks. Get ready for Isaac reading an excerpt straight from the Warrior Cats and Casey putting on a giant L costume all within this hour. All
2: oh, within this hour. So stay
1: tuned for the big special five O. Five O. We've been doing this a year. We um, have, we have. It's exciting. I'm. Um, it's a milestone. It is a one milestone or a half a milestone. I guess you. It's fiftieth episode. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: no, I, I, I feel like you can split it up. You know, they're both milestones. That's true. Fifty, well, fifty in one milestone. year. Hundred in a, in another,
1: maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. This uh, one whole year on the today. Yeah, really. This is the the, day we're
0: recording, and maybe the day it'll release. Who knows?
1: Yeah, so November 23rd. Wow. I cannot believe that every single week, well, just about every single week, uh, we uh, sat down in front of a microphone and talked about cinema, baby.
0: I know. It, It flew by, too. It did. And I feel like we're at risk now of repeating stuff that we've already talked about (laughs) you know that was something that i couldn't have imagined at the start of this but Mm -hmm. now we've just we have 50 hours at least yeah us talking about fucking movies um tv shows life in general i mean i i swear if we don't cover just about everything there is to the world by the by the hundredth episode i don't know what we're doing wrong
1: do you think uh do you think we'll ever uh Stop doing this at a certain episode number We'll just decide it. like Oh yeah at episode 325 That'll be our last episode ever Yeah as
0: long as it's just like obligatory And like randomly assigned Like (laughs) I don't want any sentimental value Behind it I also don't want any kind of like cliche number Like oh they should cut it off at like 69 Or 420 Uh (laughs) You know like yeah, Just end it like at a random number That we'll just decide today Mm. Maybe so what what number are you feeling like? Let's negotiate when we stop doing
1: this. You wanna go two twenty, two twenty five? Let's uh let's say two fifty. Two fifty, all right. So that way
0: we can say, Oh like, oh yeah, if you gave us like a thousand dollars, we could give you a quarter of that in podcasts.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, there we go. So you heard it here first, folks. You have uh, till 250 mm-hmm. to enjoy Mind Over Movies, exactly. and that's
1: set in stone now. It is. I just we just etched it on these two tablets. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, 250 episodes. I think we can get it I all think in. We can do it. Yeah, we got 150 more to go. Or I mean, that's wrong. We have 200 more to go. Yeah, we <laughs> sure do. Math. Yeah. Oh my
0: God, Casey. Hey, since you can't do math, you probably studied the arts. So I mean, did you study the arts this week by watching film?
1: <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. So I, I watched a heaping pile of movies, kind of like last week, but I'll only talk about the ones that really stuck out to me. Okay. Um, so I watched, uh, one of the ones I watched was Climax. Hmm. Um, fucking crazy film. Uh, I don't really have much else to say about it except that it's, I gave it four and a half stars because I loved it and basically I was sitting there with my mouth agape drooling for the last hour of it because it's absolutely insane have you seen have you seen climax i have not seen climax it's one that i've wanted to catch it's uh it's crazy crazy stuff um and then uh i watched dead poets society for the first time oh yeah that one's great i loved it i loved it it was great good time like surprisingly
0: um emotional you know, like yeah. I, I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, "Oh, I didn't realize there was a whole like subject matter in this movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's really depressing."
1: It is. The it, it was. It's. Uh, it's got a sort of a downer ending, but the the whole film's great. Yeah. Um, and then I watched um probably my favorite watch of the entire week is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, I still haven't seen that, man. You need to get around to it, cause I I thought my twenty nineteen my top ten of twenty nineteen list was solidified. Nah, fam, this is like top four of that list. Like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to go back and add it. It's so so fucking good. I couldn't. I thought I knew what I was getting into, and I actually turns out I had no idea what I was getting into. It's it's such a such a great film. It's probably it probably. I mean, it did win. The palm to where it it runs, yeah. but probably should have won something at the Oscars. I'm not gonna lie. Parasite taking home Best Picture is still probably the best choice, but let me tell you, this I, I would have been worried that this would have won over Parasite. Like honestly, it's just it's so fucking good. It's so good. Damn. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, well, I I I made some people mad on Twitter. Uh, mm. By giving uh, Perfect Blue a, a not so good score,
0: I I feel like it's not really your score; it's your
1: view. Would you care to
0: Would you care to read it for the class? Oh yeah,
1: I'll read the I'll read the. Uh, all right. Well,
0: let's see if it sounds better when you when you speak it.
1: While the
2: animation
1: and score are utterly brilliant, the screenplay is horrendous, with the exception of a few visual cues, followed by realizations that really slap you in the face once or twice. It just felt half baked. Too much is going on to focus on one particular thing, and every few minutes is whiplash of the mind, but not even in a good way. It really challenges your decision on clicking play. We'll probably revisit the soundtrack often, but that's about it. Just not that interesting story-wise at the end of the day. But damn, the visuals are really something to see. Mm, mm. Still sound bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. I Okay, I'll expand just a little bit. I really was impressed by the when it started, like the first like forty minutes. I'm really into it, and I'm following it pretty well. And I think the the animation is probably the best thing going for it at the moment. I'm like, wow, this is just this is really fucking beautifully animated, and the score is great. You know, the whole aesthetic is there, and then just like at like the midpoint of the movie, I start thinking, man. What the fuck is what the fuck is this? Like this is getting kind of like boring. This is not making much sense and then I I remembered that like oh, Darren Aronofsky had to get the rights to this movie to make Black Swan, which I is a movie that I gave 5 stars. Let me tell you. I don't understand why he had to purchase the rights for Perfect Blue cuz Black Swan maybe takes one one idea from Perfect Blue and that's it. Because, I mean, the movies are, are nothing alike, in my opinion. Like, you know, when
0: I got to the end... Other than remaking, like, the bathtub scene, shot for shot.
2: The bathtub scene?
0: Yeah, in Perfect Blue. He, he he bought the rights for it, specifically for that scene. He needed Natalie Portman's, like... Is, isn't there a bathtub scene in Black Swan? I still haven't seen it, but...
1: I don't know which... I, I can't think of the bathtub scene in Perfect Blue. Which one, which, which bathtub scene where she... Uh oh, he didn't watch the movie. Folks. I did watch busted. the movie, but busted. I <laughs> what bathtub scene are you? Is it a spoil? It's a spoiler, so we can't. No, it's
0: about... not like a spoiler. It's just like where she's in the tub. Well, fuck. I thought I knew what scene I was talking about, but now I'm like, do I know? Because if it's not in, <laughs> if it's not even in Black Swan, then it's not worth bringing up. Damn. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave Black Swan out of it. That, okay. Well. Uh, yeah. I just I, I can't I can't uh, talk about that and its faithfulness to Perfect Blue, but I would say that uh, the idea that it t- it takes you know the dual lifestyle and that character is a pretty mm-hmm. big element to lift off of this source material, though, right?
1: I mean, I mean, Black's- it's pretty prevalent in it. Kind of. I I took a completely different meaning from Black Swan than I guess that other people did Mm. from from per. If if the same meaning was to be extracted from Perfect Blue as Black Swan, I definitely did not take that out of when I watched Black Swan. Okay, but I will probably rewatch it to see if I can if I can extract that. I, I can see. I again, I can see some elements of Perfect Blue in Black Swan. Like when I was watching, I was like, okay. There's like an idea or two in here. I just didn't understand why he had to buy the rights because I didn't think it was really that much of a, an adaptation or a you know a faux adaptation. But mm. yeah, anyway, those are my those are my cinemas I watched. Yeah, yeah.
0: You also gave a pretty lackluster review to Royal Ten. Oh, I did. Too. Yeah, I did.
1: It's. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I just was super not into the Royal Tenenbaums. I even apologized to Saxon in my review. Yeah, indeed, Uh, indeed. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I just, I think it's the characters that I didn't find as interesting. Well, the story is just not as interesting to me. And the characters are very one-note characters, I think. And it's just uh, low-tier Anderson for me. Mm. Um, I did enjoy the uh, ending, though. The last, like, 15 minutes where he with the car yeah that was
0: pretty good Do yeah otis o, uh, i mean <laughs> not otis. otis owen wilson <laughs> really carries that movie oh yeah um i fucking love uh eli in that movie I, I i can agree that it's not my favorite anderson movie i did disagree with your review though that it's like lacking heart like i feel like <laughs> yeah. that's one of the components of the movie that makes it like so charming to me even though i don't really love its story as much as other anderson movies is that like this style is just so filled with heart, I feel like, and it's just him making whatever the fuck he wants, you know? Right. Like, you saw that happen in Rushmore a little bit, but then mm-hmm. I think Royal Tenenbaums is, like, the first fully Wes Anderson uh, in his prime M- Wes Anderson movie. I just, yeah, I do agree the screenplay is not my favorite compared to, like, something like Zisu or even Rushmore. Yeah. Or, I mean, especially not Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I think has got to be some of his best writing, too.
1: That's my favorite Anderson film.
0: I I, I can't blame you. I think it goes back and forth between that and Zissou for me. Um, But I I, I do want to defend... Sorry, I I meant to defend it a little bit more while we were on it. I do want to defend Perfect Blue in that I think that it's a movie that can definitely be... a bit overwhelming on the senses the first time around and it can be a bit hard to follow because of that but i think you get all of the information you need in your first viewing to go back and watch it and interpret more meaning and un you know uncover it a little bit more i i guess i was really into the mind fuckery of it the first time i watched it so Mm -hmm. i was glad to like one day maybe go back and revisit it and, and see it from a more, like, literal perspective of the events that are going on. And I, I gotta say, it's really cool going in with that mindset, too. And so I had two different viewing experiences with Perfect Blue that I really loved. And I think that's just something that I admire in a movie in general, is, like, when you can revisit it and reinterpret it. And, um, you know, if I guess if the elements of the movie are too jarring, though, and, like, you don't enjoy them sensorily, like... Yeah, I, I, you don't have to like the movie just because other people, um, you know, really, like, analyze. I guess what I'm saying is, like, if it's just unpleasant to watch and you don't see a reason why you'd want to rewatch it, like, right. I, I get it. And that's totally fine. I just wanted to say, like, I, I do think that. If it seemed a bit much the first time, I think
1: knowing what you know by the ending, the second mm. time through might make it more pleasant. I don't know. Maybe I might. I mean, I might want to revisit it knowing that. Because I mean, I mean, there's like uh, several twists in the movie. Obviously, no spoilers, but like, I can see going back and rewatching it knowing all the big like reveals uh, would probably enhance the viewing a little bit. I I would say that like a lot of what
0: happens. And because of some twists at the end that you see, a lot of the mindfuckery suddenly becomes like, oh, this is this event that's happening concurrently with the story. And you can see it from a certain layer when you first watch the movie. But the second time you watch the movie, you're in it and you're like, oh, so that's what was going on. And that's what wasn't going on, mm-hmm. which is weird with the movie to have to be like, wasn't going on. But, like, that's just perfect blue, is reality is so fucked. I don't know. I I really like that part of the movie. Um, But I can definitely see why it's divisive, you know? And and I'll say this, like, um, movies like this typically fail, like, you know, Mother, Darren Aronofsky's, Mm -hmm. like, most recent movie, I think... um, I I don't think he came out with anything after it. But that's got like an F on Cinema Score. You know, most audiences like hate it. Yeah. Like people walked into it. Mm -hmm. People walked into it and they did not like it at all. And meanwhile, it's like critically beloved. And a lot of people even say it's like one of their favorite movies of the 2010s. You know, just movies that have this very harsh... And uh, interpretive style, I, I just feel like we will always be divisive. Right. It's just unfortunate that you're on the you're on the fucking losing side of history, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the wrong side of history most of the time. Indeed, indeed. indeed. No, your L's are truly like
1: big. They're huge L's. When yeah. I take an L, it's not just like ah, it's I can live with it. It's earth shattering shit, man. Well, that reminds me.
0: I, I've I've seen some cinema too this week. Okay. Um, I, I I watched two cinemas. You watched
2: two cinemas.
0: But I, I I'll only talk about one now. And okay. I did it in preparation of our other cinema. Right. I watched the uh, the King of Comedy this week because I'd never seen it. Let's go. Um, and honestly, Martin Scorsese's little um, anthology of like social outcasts is like some of my favorite like film out there. Sorry, there's a blind dog near us. Just yeah. just another little tidbit about the big five O. We've got a blind dog wandering about the studio. <laughs> you know, it just keeps us on our toes. Right. Sometimes <laughs> Sometimes it goes real wacky.
1: We set up some sharp objects to, yeah, uh, to yeah. keep us from the...
0: <laughs> We're trying to we're trying to make the Final Destination six, the dog uh, you know, dog dog, dog luck. <laughs> dog luck. Um, anyway, fuck. Sorry. I I, I watched King of Comedy, and I I just really love Martin Scorsese character pieces in general, so I I don't know why I hadn't seen this before, because it's fucking awesome. I I really dig The King of Comedy. I think Robert De Niro is fucking brilliant, and I kind of forget that in his young age, he had to, like, try, you know? Like, he (laughs) had to, like, do challenging roles and not just get paid, like, a billion dollars to be Robert De Niro. Right. Like, he he's an act, I mean, he's like Method in this movie, I think. And it's fucking great. Like, I I, want to say this is such a cringe statement, but like, this is a better portrayal of the Joker than Joker is, (laughs) man. No, But like, I really like how this this guy is just so like externally like pleasant and polite. Yeah. But yet, like, he's so off-putting at the same time. But like, Robert De Niro never drops the sincereness and the earnestness of this character. Yeah. It's like people, like this celebrity, is like avoiding him, and you know his assistant is like, "Oh, you'll you'll have to wait." And Robert De Niro's got fucking nothing better to do, so right. he, he has waits. all day to wait for for uh, Jerry um, Lewis in yeah. this movie. Um, no, not Jerry Lewis in this movie. Fuck, they changed Jerry Lewis's name. I can't remember. Anyway, it yeah, doesn't I'm, matter, because it's basically Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Lewis anyway, yeah. um, which is such a good idea for a casting choice. <laughs> is like, get the person that you're trying to base the character off of, right. because their life is that character's experience. Um, it's just really fun. Martin Scorsese is just such a great director. He keeps it visually interesting the whole time. The script mm-hmm. is really solid, yep. and I love how they play around with the... Um, with, with uh, reality, you know, hallucinations a little bit with this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just, like, social boundaries that we don't often think about being broken. And, right. You know, you, the viewer, get to kind of decide, like, when is this uh, weird and uncomfortable? Yeah. <laughs> when is this no longer okay? Right. Um, uh, I, so. gotta,
1: I have a question for you about the film. Um, yeah. Because I've... I don't hardly know anybody else that's watched The King of Comedy, so I can't have this dialogue with them. But now since you've watched it, I have a question. Do you think, uh, towards the end of the movie, uh, I'll I'll say this in a non-spoiler way because y'all really need to watch The King of Comedy. Do you think he was funny at the end? Do you think the jokes were actually funny? I do. I do think that he
0: was kind of funny. And I think that was part of it, is that like, You know he's he actually does have a bit of a talent he just needed that um oh oh shit um there we go maybe me marching into spoilers but (laughs) i think that it it is funny you think okay
1: i because i did too i thought i thought the jokes were landing and i was sitting there laughing i'm like but is it, are these jokes good or is it supposed to be like, oh, these jokes are kind of corny? But I, I don't know. I was laughing the whole time. I was like, okay, it's yeah, actually no, I good. I thought it was a pretty good stand up <laughs> it set. It's good, really. yeah.
0: Okay. And it's like seven minutes, so it better be good, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's a great movie. That's a It's a five star movie for me. I saw you gave it four and a half.
2: That's I, I think awesome. I just
0: refrained. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. I think I, I am trying to be more sparse with my five stars these days. Um, <laughs> You know, like, if there, if, I guess it's like if there are pacing parts of the movie that don't hold my attention the whole way through. Like, you know, if if I have to check my watch, I know that I don't love it so fully that right, it's five right. stars. Um, and I guess that's kind of douchey to be like, oh, well, it's my entertainment value taking away from probably what is a technically perfect movie. But, like... It's a thing, man. Your entertainment value should factor into your opinion.
1: I definitely gauge a movie based on how long I look at, how many times I look at my phone or the time to see yeah. because I'm like, damn, like, how long have I been watching this? Because if a movie, like, gives you the opportunity to be like, I wonder what time it is. There's something wrong. The scene is not working for you or something. doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad movie, but... For example, one of the other cinemas I watched this week was the Sparks Brothers documentary. Mm -hmm. And while it's an interesting documentary, it's two and a half hours long. And I checked the time so many fucking times. I was like, God dang, how many more albums do we have to go through for this fucking band? It was... uh, I still gave it three stars, because it's an interesting documentary, and it's fun, but it is so fucking long, and it gets boring in some, in some parts. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's valid. It's valid, very valid. Well, so <clears throat>
2: Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I was <laughs> just going to
0: say, like, personal, uh, if there's anything I've learned from doing this podcast, it's like, just... You know, be honest about how you feel about a movie. Don't, like, sit there and just, you know, respect the craft the whole time. Because, I mean, that's important, you know, respecting when something is really technically good. But it's also important to just be honest with yourself and say, I don't really care for that experience and I'm not going to pretend to. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That describes something coming up later in the episode. But first, you know, because it is our big 501 year, we thought it Mm -hmm. would be nice to you know open our ears to well, the funny. audience again um and not just this live studio audience which thank you for thank uh, you. for your applause yes. as always um it's not from the studio audience but instead from our dear friends the who follow audience. us on Twitter <laughs> you know we we do have an Instagram too do we use it no, no. so uh it's it's pot really pot. it's only <laughs> <laughs> it's only Twitter um but Twitter is important so yes I I have our little thread pulled up. You have it pulled up, okay? I'm um, gonna
1: also pull it up for the sake of, of pulling it up.
0: Sam was one of the, well, <clears throat> Sam's the first one that pops up on my thing because he's probably the most recent response, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, shoot me in the leg if it's a crime to ask <laughs> for your guys' favorite memed moments. The warrior cat's monologue will echo through the fabric of time. So, uh, like, what was one of your favorite like? You know, iconic moments. If we have iconic moments, I feel like we have we a have, few. We
1: have a few iconic moments.
0: Some that live on yeah. through the through the lore of the sh- the podcast, uh, not the show.
1: Right? <clears throat> I definitely think the Warrior Cats is probably the most iconic moment. The mon- yeah. the monologue, just like the whole like five minutes of complete and utter chaos when we <laughs> when you just like start the story. Um, I think another moment that I really like that. Um, uh let me think I don't know there's a lot what, what is your favorite moment well I think of one, of, one one of my
0: favorite moments was definitely uh, that time that we had Jacob and Natalie on the show and <laughs> it broke down really quickly over no MTV drama <laughs> um, yep. I think that's one of my favorite things that <laughs> has happened because it had no reason to be funny yeah, at all no. Um, but it just happened. I'm actually looking through our page now because I know that we usually retweet Sam's like memes yes. on our timeline, and I and I want to go down uh, memory lane here. I I do love the Goblin moment, the you goblins, know, in, the, yeah. in that same episode when Luke would just keep fucking talking, and we were like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh my god, it's the Goblin!" And he like definitely <laughs> talked a lot more than we thought he was going to. <laughs> Oh, definitely um, one of his best... Sam's, one of your best made memes is the Fallout New Vegas Squid Game Swingers one. Yes. That's just brilliant. That's just like a perfectly edited meme.
1: I know I've Uh, already said that before, but... It's good. It's probably one of my favorite memes. I think one of my favorite moments was actually a more recent moment when we had Thad on the podcast. The last, probably, 20 minutes of the episode where uh, (laughs) he said... Uh, you're talking about your film school experiences, acting, and he said, "I think I watched this one about the sad artist fuck." And you said, "That was me." It just <laughs> broke. I just killed me. Uh, <laughs> and, and you going and explaining what the film was. Uh, that was uh, that was really funny. That was one of my favorite <laughs> moments.
0: It was really good. I do. I think those were some pretty solid, memed moments right there. Honestly, yeah. um, let me see. Let me see. What else did people say? Huh? okay so saxon said i think y'all should do an episode where you look back on some of your favorite movies from your childhood and see how well they hold up now and i wouldn't mind some more director spotlight episodes like the one you did for david fincher yeah we definitely meant to do a lot more (laughs) director spotlights and that's so funny because that was like episode five and we haven't Revisited that in 45, um, episodes. Yeah, in forty-five episodes, so it's it's got to be one of our most infrequent, um, yeah, uh, topics or or the templates for this mm-hmm. show. But um, we definitely
1: I, meant to do several of them. Though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, we
0: definitely have some people in mind too. Like oh yeah. I feel like a Nolan spotlight
1: would be really fun um you know uh, i also do want to do uh, pta and uh coen brothers as well yeah, i know yeah. that's some that saxon recommended he recommended spielberg pta the coen brothers Bonjour. i would Ho, love you know, to Edgar do Wright.
0: the uh, the coen brothers because they're oh, yeah. some of my favorite filmmakers and they have so many movies mm-hmm. so that'd be fantastic um Hell yeah. No, we, we definitely will mm. return to the director's spotlights and that's a good idea for a topic. I would I would definitely oh, love yeah. to examine some movies. I was just talking about this last night. Uh, you know, I'm going to hold on to that innocence that Master of Disguise is like a funny movie because I'm just yeah. not going to rewatch it ever. <laughs> same. <You know>? same. <laughs> like, I just want to keep the illusion going that, <laughs> that it's, it's like really a... <laughs> funny actually.
1: <laughs> same bro, same. I refuse to rewatch that movie because There's a of the lot same of thing. Two
0: thousands movies that I definitely feel that way about. Yeah, uh, this kid at work is forcing me to see Over the Hedge because he likes to watch it a lot. Um, <laughs> I love
1: Over the Hedge. I had a Game Boy Advance game for Over the Hedge. Dang. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I, I. I. mean, I was into it, but you, <laughs> you, you topped <taught> me there. <laughs> I did. I did watch. Well, like I used to watch a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, and they would do. Um, little like uh interviews with the cast of over the hedge before it came out yeah. they were hyping it up so i was ready for it to come out and let me tell you i was not disappointed And my just well in my head canon it's one of the great of yeah. works. and when i watched it on someone else's ipad recently it was not <laughs> making me laugh as much as i was hoping it would <laughs> Like, the Steve Carell squirrel was kind of annoying. I was like,
1: oh no, oh no. Do you, uh, so, uh, my, in my second job at Larry's Pizza, we have a group me, and uh, in that group me, I changed You love my, doxing yourself. I do, oh, I God. do love doxing myself. But I changed my, my group me uh, icon to uh, Hammy from Over the Hedge, because somebody said I look like him. Oh, God. <laughs> so, that's that. But. That person would be blocked on my <laughs> Block them um let's see go through here again uh donna dollum says tell us your favorite things about your moms Ooh, my mom is a very nice person she's nice to everybody she meets that's my favorite thing about my mom
0: uh one of my favorite things about my mom is that she makes um random songs uh while she's you know going through life she's kind of like glinda belcher in that way in fact i just one thing i love about my mom is that i can watch the tv show bob's burgers and (laughs) be like that's my mom
1: (laughs) (laughs) linda belcher is isaac's mom confirmed yeah
0: but also i love sorry but just one more thing about my mom uh (laughs) one thing i love about my mom is that she'll commit to something like this is all Bob's Burgers oriented, but she'll commit to something like making Tina from Bob's Burgers her profile picture, and not even just like a normal picture of Tina, but Tina like twerking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, mom, <laughs> love you, mom." Nice, love you, mom. Even though my mom does not listen to this, she, okay. I don't think she knows. I what don't a think my mom is. listens to this either. <laughs> so
0: it's okay. Our oh, mom, yeah. our moms
1: don't love us that much. <laughs> <laughs> um. Thad, good old Thad, the Rat King. He just said, "Talk about vaping." Okay, um,
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's just get it out of the way. The coolest hobby um, <laughs> you could ever have. The sickest tricks, <laughs> Casey. Why don't you go ahead and elaborate by ripping a sick fat cloud? Right okay. On.
1: My device is actually it just died, like. And that Check doesn't and that thought. say a lot about vaping? Yeah, is that does. we
0: should kill the battery on that and not vape anymore? Listen, Amen.
1: if you vape, what flavor do you vape, bruh? Because, uh. <laughs> No, um pineapple. Pineapple? Actually, I actually do have a pineapple flavor. In oh, here. Of course you it's, do. It's strawberry coconut pineapple. It's called Lava Flow. I I'll, I'll
0: say this about vaping. One time my uh sorry Blake, one time my <laughs> roommate, <laughs> Oh god. I didn't I, I shouldn't have said his name. One time my <laughs> roo- my old roommate, he um he was vaping a lot at, at, in the dorm we lived in and he was vaping so much at 3 a.m. in the morning while watching Jeopardy that he set off the fire alarm. But here's the thing <laughs> about the building that we lived on, lived in. It was a four-story building with, like, hundreds of other people oh, living in it. And they all had to evacuate at 3 a.m. Oh, because no. Motherfucker was vaping so much that it filled the room so much that the fire alarm went off. <laughs> Just amateur stuff right there. Anyway, yeah, that's that's
1: what I'll say about vaping. Uh, what I'll say about vaping is... Um, I'm addicted. That's that's really all vaping's good for is just nicotine. I don't. I only know how to do a couple of tricks. Even like it's not even like I vape because it's cool and you can do cool things with the smoke. It's literally because I have a nicotine addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried twice to quit and I can't. So fuck it. I, I'll just keep doing it. Let's be honest. Let's be honest here, people. About
0: the nick, <clears throat> Kennedy said or tetris queen tetris queen uh, to you. tetris queen uh and god help anyone who disrespect his tetris <laughs> queen um i need a 2000s chick flicks episode this isn't a question just a request <laughs> so i i definitely would love to do an episode about chick flicks because there are some that i actually think about quite a bit Same. uh easy a is Sarah a Marshall. great
1: oh that's a chick flick <laughs> I mean, if that's would, a chick
0: flick, that is the highest quality <laughs> chick well, flick.
1: Well, okay, so like when I think of chick flicks, I think of like movies that like the girlfriends get around and go and see, and like forgetting Sarah Marshall was one of those. Movies I feel like the,
0: your main character has to be a girl though, okay, if, for it to be a chick flick, because men will check out a lot of the times when that's the condition. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, it can be. It's a very broy movie too. That's true. Because That's true. it's like, oh, you know, we've all been there, getting dumped by our gal. Yeah. How how are you gonna chill it up with the bros? Maybe you'll look at Mila Kunis's boobies. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> so I, I feel like that disqualifies it from a chick flick. Okay, true. I, okay. I feel and by like, that
1: definition, I understand what
0: we're considering a chick. I flick. I feel here. like you know it has to have well one of the qualities is a main character who's played by an actress that your grandparents at the time, if they're very Christian, will say like, well, she's just a scamp. Look yeah. at the way she's dressed. You know, slight. Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls. Yeah. Essential. essential. Emma Stone in Easy A. Yeah. Essential. I mean, if you want to get into it, we have the first uh, chick flick of horror film, um, Jennifer's Body. Yeah. You know, not a, none would be too kind to, to the way that Megan Fox is dressed <laughs> in that movie. Uh, but, see, that was why that movie failed, though, is they marketed it as a bro movie. Total chick flick. Yeah. But also really good. I, well, I liked it yeah, a fair amount. Yeah, I still
1: need to watch it. I don't
0: I'm know. I watch. might even say that Juno, to a, cer- yeah. to a certain point, might be seen as know. a chick flick. I don't know, but it has, well, most of them have male screenwriters, so I, I guess I shouldn't, um... Rule out a chick flick with a male screenwriter. But, okay. um.
1: I just looked up some Google's uh, popular two thousands chick flick movies. There we go. There we uh, go. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Okay, The Proposal. I remember. Oh yeah, really with Ryan big. Reynolds. Yeah, and Sandra Bullock. Uh, She's the man. Oh yeah. That um, He's just not that into you. Uh, mm-hmm. P.S. I love you. Uh, love Actually. Okay, actually, I, I like Love Actually. A lot. I,
0: I, lo- I like Love Actually. I've never seen The Notebook still. Uh,
1: but yeah, most no, Sparks, the most much. Nicholas Sparks movies right. would definitely count as yeah. chick flicks. Bride Wars, uh, Legally Blonde, uh, Legally Blonde, definitely Twenty Seven Dresses. Okay, Miss Congeniality is on here. I wouldn't consider that a chick flick. I, know, I mean, it's Scott it got Sandra Bullock. It great. technically is a chick flick, right? But I think it transcends the genre of chick flick to comedy thriller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, but yeah, like a bunch of movies like that, I could see Hitch. Okay, why? Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think Hitch. I don't it's think necessarily Hitch would be.
0: A, yeah, I, I feel like they stretch it. They stretch, you know, it a little bit women. Or... Oh, okay. There's Juno. Yeah, you know, but I feel like that's also, you yeah. know, lower tier because it got nominated for an Oscar. Like if it's yeah. got too much critical praise, it's you can't a chick you flick. can't call yeah. it a chick flick because right. if it's recognized, yeah, and that one like mm-hmm. best screenplay. So yeah, for you know sure. what? I'm, I I got to disqualify um Juno for being too beloved by critics. You know? <laughs> yeah, that that's. You've just got too much dick in there, yeah, in that opinion. Too much. Well, uh, anyway, uh, Jacob says that he needs a ranking of all Adam Sandler movies, which I I do want to take the time to torture ourselves yeah. and maybe gradually watch all of those so we can have a definitive ranking. Um, yeah, I, I do think that we should include the bangers, though, still. Like uncut gems and uh, mm-hmm. Punch Drunk Love, even though those aren't typical Adam Sandler movies, but oh, yeah. like, I, I do think we should put a limit. Like we should yeah. find the definitive, the defi- the canon, the mm-hmm. canon Adam yeah. Sandler films. Because yeah. we don't need to do like Eight Crazy Nights or any mm, yeah. shit like that. You know, no animated
1: spinoffs, mm-hmm. no Adam Sandler like Netflix movies. Those don't fucking matter. Those don't fucking. No, we're talking about canonical in theaters mm-hmm. Adam Sandler like. St- Stamp of approval movies. Yeah, so, it's got his seal. It's his seal of it being pretty bad for the most part. Indeed. Uh, he also said he wants a Spielberg ranking, which uh, I mean, that's going to be hard because Spielberg. He's got so many goddamn. He movies. has over seventy films that he's directed, and so I haven't watched all of them. We could
0: do again because we don't have time to each tell our <laughs> seventy episodes. We could definitely do our top ten Spielberg Yeah, movies. top ten Spielberg Maybe and then like top five worst ones yeah, too yeah, as yeah. a bonus. Like, he's got some stinkers. He's got out some there. real duds, and it would be we'd be remiss if we didn't dunk on the guy yeah. with that many stinkers out.
1: He's literally the reason that I'm pursuing a career in film. But let me tell you, he does have some pretty bad ones too. <laughs> but yeah, for he the most kinda part, kind of sucks dick sometimes. He, sometimes, yeah. I love Spielberg though, mm-hmm. but uh, so is, is that all the replies we got? That's that's that all the replies we it. got. Yeah, awesome. Well, nice indeed. Well,
0: and we'd love to do a full uh, Q and A episode again someday oh, yeah. in the future. We'll do that soon. Yeah. So fuck yeah. Um, anyway, this is payoff time for, yeah, for one of the longest running arcs. Bags. We'll we'll have to set up another uh, random obligatory arc. Soon, um, right. But one of the things is that the audience has been screaming, yeah. screaming for Joker, for Joker. You know, they just go nuts for that shit. Isn't that right, you little saxon? You of fucking fucks. shit. You <laughs> fucking. should probably kill
1: another one. Honestly, they're getting too loud <laughs> t- <of> here. <laughs> All right. Okay. I hope that's down. never played on the news. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like after I die.
0: He did have a pretty disturbing podcast where <laughs> he pretended to kill studio audience <laughs> members.
1: Oh my god! Y'all would come back to bite us in the ass.
0: Speaking of murdering people in a studio audience, did <laughs> she? <laughs> did you, <did> you <laughs> remember the hit 2019 film Yoker? Yoker? like starring Joaquin Phoenix. Since we don't respect Jay anymore, we don't respect the J.
1: Um, yeah, I revisited the Joker. It's on HBO Max right now, so it's easy to uh, uh, get a viewing in. Um, Indeed, that was my that was my go to platform yeah. as well. Yeah, good old Warner Brothers. Um, I mean, yeah. So I, I guess I should start off by saying when we when we want to do the Joker episode, we're going to talk about all iterations of the Joker. Talk about the mythos of the character. Um, completely, and just a good jumping off point is just to start with the Joker film, I think, and we can work our way backwards or forwards or whatever. Um, but yeah, do you want to? You want to? I know you have some notes. Uh, oh yeah, for, for Joker twenty nineteen. Let's get into it. This is the Joker episode, baby.
0: Okay, so I um I definitely do not like this movie, and you know that's been alienating me from people. Because most people like this movie, I would say. Like, Mm -hmm. even if they don't love it, they like it. And Mm -hmm. this time I just decided that, oh my gosh, I think this is bad. So anyway, (laughs) I took some notes throughout it, and maybe that'll help spark just some conversations about those specifics. Mm -hmm. But also, these are just what I felt like writing while it was going on. The intro is great with uh, Walking Phoenix in front of the mirror. Like, I do like him, like, stretching his mouth Mm -hmm. and shit, and... Like putting it into a smile and being sad, like it, it does show a lot about the character from the start, and right. I like that. And I and I like the the medical card reveal. Yeah, like you know, putting it into like a real life thing. You know, there is medical jewelry in real life that helps identify people with with issues and disorders, and I I think that was a cool way to tackle a signature part of the character. Do I think that it was a question anyone had? How? Why does he laugh like that? Um, no, but, you know, <laughs> right, yeah. it, if you are going to answer this, I, I feel like this yeah. is one of the best it, things you could do with that.
1: I, was, I found it interesting that he does a real condition that people have have you seen the videos on youtube of the of the people that i think them? i
0: did in 2019 because yeah. i remember people were like oh my god it's real real look which, at this which that's cool you know yeah. that they didn't just pull that out of their ass because i yeah. feel like that would have been a bit too much mm-hmm. if it was pulled out of their ass but it is it is real so yeah that's it's yeah. very I thought, interesting i just thought that was cool that's that really, is cool yeah. uh those damn stairs. <laughs> <laughs> those fucking stairs. Every time those stairs show up, I'm just like, "Oh my god, fuck those stairs!" Fuck bro. those stairs, man. Um, I said the king of comedy shit starts early, mainly because yeah. the first time the talk show is introduced, uh, it jumps right into a hallucination, and it's right. not subtle. This is what I'll say makes Joker <laughs> so fucking like fan fictiony and and like student film feeling to me is that it completely lacks subtlety like with this first hallucination that like martin scorsese said of the king of comedy that he intentionally leaves the line between reality and um and fantasy blurred throughout the movie's entire runtime at no point are you convinced that what is happening to him is real when he's hallucinating because they do everything in their power to hold your hand and show you like Oh, don't worry about like <laughs> uh, the the narrative. Like, trust me, buddy. This is just a hallucination. Yeah, but yeah. You can tell your friends about this element of the movie later and uh, say yeah. it's pretty interesting. I I don't care for the hallucinations at all. Um, and, and it's just it's not subtle. Uh, it, in in that first uh hallucination, they bring De Niro in too to kind of give the movie credence. It's like, oh, we acknowledge. That this is like Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. Yeah. And I don't think it gets them a pass. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, oh yeah, we um, we got all our ideas from this. And here's De Niro to, to be the face of approval. But I, I don't think that gets them off the hook for mm-hmm. for borrowing. I, I will say that the plot of Joker is original enough that I don't think it's a direct ripoff. But there are way too many elements lifted way to ignore mean. it.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's... It's even to the point where it's like got the same scene in, in Taxi Driver when he's playing with the gun and he's practicing pulling it out. Yeah, That scene is in Joker, and it, it's, it, it looks like the same fucking gun, too. It's like the same snub-nosed revolver. I'm like, what the fuck is going They've on They've even here?
0: jumped it back a few decades to be in the 80s, 80s exactly. which will give it that look just like those uh, Scorsese character yeah. pieces. Um, I, I gotta say, one of the most baffling things about Joker is that its weakest elements have got to be the Batman tie-ins. Like, I think that I was just rolling my eyes the first time that it had, like, news about Thomas Thomas Wayne, Wayne, you know, running for mayor, and, like, the mother's all like, oh, we love him, oh, he's so great, and just, like, really hitting you over the head with all of the shit that ties back to Batman. I think that it's, like, tolerable for a little bit, if not a little bit obnoxious, until he goes to Wayne Manor, Mm-hmm. Um, like, I- I'll just say, uh, sorry, it- it's later on in my notes, but I don't care about jumping around. Yeah. It's just like, it gets so fucking on the nose with the shit. Like, b- there's Bruce Wayne. Oh, he'll grow up to be Batman one day. Oh, there's Alfred, the butler that's always around. Look, he's mm-hmm. young now. Ha ah, ha ha. It's just like such a pointless, like, little fucking interaction and it doesn't really justify the, the the like conflict later on as to why he's snapping it's like oh thomas wayne rejects him as a father you don't need all the other batman shit to yeah. get to that ending you know of that mm-hmm. storyline you know i'm sorry full spoilers by the way for the joker because we're going to analyze yeah, this gonna, fucking movie yeah. and then we're going to analyze the character in general um i will say that the violence, though, is very effective. I wrote that it's it's shocking, you mm-hmm. know, and it's very visceral. Yeah, And I think that that works in the movie's favor like that. I think that the setup for the train murders is a bit silly. Mm-hmm. But I think once it starts happening, that's a, an effectively tense scene. Mm-hmm. And it's unhinged. And I like it. I like when Joaquin is allowed to actually fucking go to this place where mm-hmm. he's like this character. And he's you know, darker, and he's got mm-hmm. some more disturbing elements, you know, and they're not just beating around the bush anymore. Uh, it, it, I will say, like, I feel like it would have worked better, the, the, the elements of the movie where he's Arthur Fleck, and you're, you know, trying to sympathize with him. I think it would work better if there was any subtlety in the movie, like, if you thought you were supposed to like him, yeah. or if you thought maybe he won't become a crazy psycho, but, like, The whole time I just found myself wanting him to stop being Arthur Fleck Mm -hmm. and start being the Joker because I'm just not interested in Arthur Fleck's stupid life i think he's a total <laughs> incel i think the yeah. zazie beats character is a
1: huge waste of the movie's runtime yeah and of no, that I, when i rewatched, i skipped all those parts really for real, for real yeah because i was like this is stupid i, I know where this leads this, is, this was never real this is stupid as shit and it's boring and i skipped all those parts
0: okay yeah i i, I pretty much had the same experience watching all those parts yeah. it's like skipping you know the actual plot of the movie yeah. because at no point does it actually affect the narrative? At right. no point do you actually believe Mm-mm. that she's real because yeah. it's so obvious from the start. And then to just hit you over the head with mm-hmm. it, they got to show you all the fucking parts of the movie where or he's the, walking yeah. around with her and she's not saying anything yeah. and she's not doing anything. Like, that's the part of the movie that pisses me off is like, you don't even bother to try to establish that. And you're wasting this really talented actress, actually. Like, Ooh. Zazie Beats is so good in everything that she's in. And she doesn't get a chance to do fucking anything in this movie. They take, like, the one... Honestly, okay, the therapist talks more than Zazie Beats, so I can't say that they completely exclude people of color and women mm-hmm. because the therapist has like two scenes. Yeah. Um Zazie Beats does not say like anything, she does not do anything, and by the time that you find out she's not real, you don't you still don't care. Yeah. Because this relationship is so half baked and it seems so inconsequential on the plot mm-hmm. anyway. Like at no point has he talked to her about any of the things that are going on yeah i don't know i just feel like that's one of the parts of the movie that i can't believe like people ignore when yeah. it's such a clear flaw um let's see oh i thought it was really funny too like anytime there was like a plot reveal like in the letter that his mother wrote mm-hmm. all of the plot points are underlined like <laughs> yeah. the, who's going through a letter underlining this right. shit for like Someone other than the audience to read, like, your son, (laughs) Thomas Wayne. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. He's crazy, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mentally insane. Physical abuse. Like, it's like, okay, okay, I get it. (laughs) It's just, it, the
0: lack of subtlety. It really kills this movie, because what makes the Scorsese character pieces so good is that you, the audience member, are not told explicitly that they're crazy, you find out that they're a little off through watching. From the start of this movie, Arthur Fleck is a crazy fuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, it shows him in a mental institution banging his head against a wall. There is no room left to the imagination that he is out of his gourd. Yeah,
1: yeah. For sure. Like, from the first scene. From the first scene! (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, and... (laughs) Okay, something about this movie that I think is just so silly is the world building, and especially the people in the movie. Everyone in Gotham is unreasonably mean. Yeah. Like, the lady on the bus is just unrealistically an asshole. All of his co-workers... I mean, even the guy who's supposedly nice to him is just nice to him in a way where he doesn't say anything to him yeah. because apparently everyone is so goddamn mean all the goddamn time and they can't yeah. be bothered to like be polite for a second. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's not your typical experience as a human being that everyone is just so, I, I, I guess that's my point with the movie is like a lot of people praise it as a, as a moral cautionary tale of thinking of how you treat others. I just don't believe at all that this is mm-hmm. how anyone would treat someone. And it makes me angry it's, with this movie because it seems like so self-indulgent. I yeah.
1: No, it's it's how incels mm-hmm. think that they're treated by everybody else. like Exactly. And it's it's such a – like I'm so – I would honestly not be surprised if Todd Phillips has never had sex in his life. But like – uh, whoever fucking wrote he wrote the screenplay with somebody. Yeah, he did. I I, yeah. yeah, but he he wrote it and directed it. And it's this just is his baby. It it really angers me because it's like, I mean, I was gonna save this for. Listen, this, this is I'll go ahead and, and give my main problem with this movie right now because we're getting to that territory, right? Okay, this fucking this this fucking movie. It is within the DC Comics universe, and it tries its fucking hardest to deny that fact for its entire runtime. It tries so hard to be something that it shouldn't like try to be. It's mm-hmm. a movie about the Joker, about a Batman villain. Just make it a movie about the Joker. Stop trying with all this other stupid fucking bullshit. You've made what they've done is they've made a movie glorifying. And I'm not even like I'll say this my it, that movie glorifies uh basically being a fucking idiot. Um, yeah. it, it glorifies the incel culture. It's it's like... Um, there's, a, there's a scene in the movie that I think is really well directed and shot, but I fucking hate because of the subtext in it when it's after his mom has died and his friends come over and he's like, yeah, he's like, my mom died, I'm celebrating, which is a funny line. But mm-hmm. uh, afterwards he says, yeah, I'm off my medicine, I feel great, and then proceeds to murder somebody And then the entire movie, the entire time after that, they play that stupid fucking song. What's it called? It's like when he's jumping down the stairs. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's like... Copyright. Yeah. So it's like if you're trying to say that this person is somebody you don't want to be, you don't have him get off his fucking medication, murder a guy, and then dance down the steps to a fucking upbeat song. Like, it's just saying like like it's it's glorifying the fact that that people with these issues like that that are mentally unstable if they just it's like hey if you just say fuck it And just like kill somebody or if you just like get off your meds or you do that thing that you think you shouldn't do, you're going to feel great. It's going to be freeing and you're going to fucking change the world. And at the end, he's sitting there and everybody's just praising him. It's like that's the most incel thing I've ever fucking seen. And that is not healthy whatsoever. And that is my main problem with this movie is that it glorifies that. And the main purpose I think to be making a movie about the Joker would be to say, Hey, you don't want to be this guy, but the movie at every turn gives the audience reasons why, Hey, it might be cool to be the Joker. And it's so stupid. And it, it enrages me every time I think about it. Just it, you can see it. If you watch how it's edited, it's glorifying things that he does and it shouldn't be doing that.
0: Yeah. I, I do feel like the movie, um, takes his side yeah and, but then also sometimes decides oh we're not on his side like it yeah, will very whops. half-heartedly throw a couple things in there that's like oh clearly we don't support him right. clearly we're showing that he's crazy but then most of the movie is like actually no <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like when trump went out in front of the capitol and was like uh, yeah you guys uh what the heck uh what are you doing in here yeah. God, go on home go you crazy you are very special, you're very special. you are very special yeah i was trying to remember what he said you're very, very special, special. like the 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 Joker movie is essentially that speech. They say, go home, Joker. You're crazy. You're very special, though. Yeah. And we love you. Like, I I think nothing articulates that better. Like, that this movie thinks it's, like, really edgy and out there and, like, telling people ideas Mm -hmm. that they're not ready to hear or whatever. With the joke that he tells about, like, knock, knock, who's there? Oh, uh, it's me. Uh, Your son was just hit by a drunk driver. driver. He's dead. And everyone's like horrified, and, like, that's, like, the worst joke they could ever come up with, and yeah. they're, like, you shouldn't say that joke. It's, like, totally trying to come for, like, woke PC culture yeah. or something, but that's not how anyone reacts to that very basic-ass mm. dumb-ass joke. It's, like, it's, like, the equivalent of telling the I identify as an Apache helicopter, helicopter joke, joke yeah. and it's, like, oh, man, yeah, people are just, like, really sensitive about humor. It makes you, like, wonder, like, are you even allowed to be funny anymore? And it's like, no, you're allowed to be funny. Just come up with a joke that's, like, funny, though. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, something that's not just rudimentary and basic. Like, maybe you'll get people to laugh then. It's just... It definitely is a movie that's, like, patting itself on the back for yeah, saying yeah. something and being deep. And it's like a fucking pool. It's a it's kiddie a, pool. It's a kiddie pool. Yeah.
1: And people that have never seen the ocean think it's deep. That's, like, that's like the best review of this movie, I Yeah.
0: Think. I think on Letterboxd there's a there's review a, yeah, that it. says that. And I'm like, of course you'll think uh, the pool is deep if you've never seen the ocean before. Yeah, uh, or as Drake once said, uh, she thought I want the ocean, just the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That... Song probably played while people were being Mm, killed. Yeah, that was Travis Scott. Yeah. Gosh. Well, real, real life, uh, scary shit. Yeah. I don't know that, and that's the thing that feels so uh, disgusting about this movie is that we're living in a time where enough of these like people who feel really sorry for themselves and feel Mm -hmm. entitled to like you know commit acts of violence to feel better about it, like they are getting the complete wrong message from this movie. And don't even tell me that it's not an anthem for the alt-right because like I've seen so many images of this movie of Heath Ledger already, who was kind of like that iteration of the Joker was just enough for people to like lose their shit. But this one just fully turns the incels and says, you're justified to feel what you feel. That's how the world is actually. And it's just irresponsible to me. And it's, on top of that, it's just not that great of a story, not an original story, and not a good Joker origin story. I will say mm-hmm. something that about the character that I think is done better in every other version is the ambiguity of this mm-hmm. character's past. Um, and it's because the what makes the character terrifying is like he doesn't necessarily have a motive or a good reason to do what he does. Yeah. And this movie pretty much claps him on the back and says... Well, actually, you know, he's, he's got actually the, the right level of fucked up backstory to murder people. We like this guy, actually. He's got a point. And
1: it's like, no. That's, yeah. that's not the character. What, I mean, what... Jumping in a little bit just to the character himself, I mean, what makes the Joker so great as a villain is because he's the perfect antithesis of, of Batman. And the, his reason for doing the things he does is to get at Batman, like, mm-hmm. he, before Batman, he was just a crazy clown murdering people. Batman sort of gave him the purpose he needed. it. Uh, and in this movie, um, you're literally... They're throwing out everything you've ever known about the Joker story, his mythology. They're throwing it out the window and saying, actually, he was abused by his crazy mother, and now he's crazy, and he, he wants to change the world because the world's so mean to him. And... yada yada yada. they turned him into an incel pretty much and now that's his reason for doing the shit he does not batman they've completely actually fucked the character in my opinion like the the joker movie is not a good joker movie like that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to say it like They tried to make this movie something that it shouldn't have been, that it's not, and they tried so fucking hard to make you forget that it's a fucking DC comic movie and that it's like tied with the superhero genre. They tried so hard to make you forget that so they could do their shitty fucking uh, character piece on this fucking character that you... You, literally if there was ever a character that you didn't need to sympathize with whatsoever it's the joker that i mean all the comics all the movies it makes it a point for you to never sympathize with them and then here comes this fucking studio like let's fucking do that and while we're at it let's destroy everything about the character that makes him great in the batman mythos but whatever yeah that's that's my two cents I, I
0: do I do feel like, um, you know, there are some concepts that I don't necessarily, like, think are essential to the character. Like, I don't think that Batman and the Joker have to complete each other. Like, I do think that you can have a movie like this that maybe explores the Joker who enters into crime, like, long before Batman. Like, right. I just feel like this was not an interesting way to do it. Mm-mm. And honestly, it's really sad that this is the case, but I think... The origin story of him just falling into a vat of acid is just way much, better. <laughs> way better than this. Like you you really had Occam's razor in force here. The simplest explanation is best. You don't need yeah. two hours of him feeling sorry for himself and hiding in a goddamn fridge to explain why he's the joker just (laughs) throw him in a vat of acid oh his skin's bleached now and his green hair is green he's (laughs) He's crazy he's the joker now he's the joker now and what i love about the character as a whole is that it's so he's so non-committal to any origin story yeah in fact in his most famous story the Killing Joke. He, um, he taunts Batman with the fact that his... Or, I mean, he doesn't taunt Batman. He just says, like, you know, he prefers to think of his past as multiple choice, you know? Yeah. And this is kind of what I like about the Nolan take on the character is that he's constantly bullshitting about why he does what he does. He doesn't have mm-hmm. a reason. He just does it because it's uh something that he feels, you know, drawn to. The, mm-hmm. cra- the chaos, the murder. And then what's interesting about the Nolan character is like, yeah, they kind of create each other. Like the Joker drives Batman to the brink and Mm -hmm. Batman drives the Joker, um, to his purpose. And it's just an interesting dichotomy that they've got going on there. I do, I do agree with you that the character is usually better explored when Batman's present right? because it's a yin and yang story. And there's that balance, uh, in there, you know? Um, and, and I think that's, in batman's favor too is like a lot of stories that have the joker show up are are just stories that question like oh what what is batman even really doing you know like is he actually causing good or has he just created more evils
1: like more extreme evils to challenge any good that he can do for sure yeah i i think um i mean and also if you go if you look at uh If we go back a little bit past Joker twenty nineteen, if we speaking of the Nolan's uh, uh, interpretation of the Joker, um, I uh, there's like like each era that we have of the Joker kind of. Defines what um, I want to say, American politics, and I'll I'll defend myself here. Okay. Um, Nolan's Batman. I, I mentioned this. Hey, we're bringing it. We're bringing it right back, full ass fucking circle. First yeah, episode. First episode was a Dark Knight praising. Yeah. Event, and I talked about how uh, the Dark Knight is like about post nine eleven trauma and post nine eleven fears in American culture and American government and stuff. Pause! Hello, listener. Have you ever heard something so bad that you wanted to rip your own ears off? No? Well, here's something that will. The Emoji Movie is good. It's the best animated film ever made. Twice the heart of Toy Story, actually. Christopher Nolan gets all of his ideas from Spanish soap operas and appropriates them to American film culture. Movies should only be 1 hour and 20 minutes maximum. Would you like to be a studio audience member on the Mom Podcast? Sign up in the form linked to the video. Spots are limited and they are $300. Reserve your spot.
2: (laughs) Welcome back. We
0: We got the blind dog in the studio still.
1: Blind dog in the studio.
0: Cassie. That's what's up. She said what? She said, "Oh yeah, that got our attention. She might, she might have some heavy breathing uh, featured on the sounds here in a second. She' hot
1: on the mic. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, But yeah, so with Nolan's uh, iteration of the Joker, um, he, a lot of people like to theorize that he was once an ex. He's an ex military soldier because of how he plans everything. Oh, I love that theory. Oh yeah, it's a it's a great theory. Um, But it plays into like what." exactly like uh is going on with nolan's version of the character and what that joker is really about and it's really about the failures of pretty much like the bush presidency the yeah. failures of uh america uh, america's res- america's response before and after the 9-11 uh tragedy which was i mean in a roundabout way we kind of caused 9-11 ourselves with uh the internment camps that um isis was formed in uh leading to the destruction of the twin towers and the death of a lot a lot of people and then our response to it how we handled it uh that nolan's joker is pretty much the response um and it's fucking ingenious in a way that he's able to do that um with that movie, um, and it's not, I mean, if you think about it, hot off, hot off the trails of us, it's only seven years after... Yeah, well, uh, it would
0: have been during the Bush presidency, too. You know, both... Uh, both yeah. the first two Nolan movies, are, mm-hmm. are Bush movies. So.
1: Exactly. Uh, what was it, Obama was... 2009?
0: He was, yeah, I mean, he would have taken office in 2009, but Dark Knight would have filmed almost entirely... In 2007, yeah. yeah. yeah or And in, in been... Been written, you know,
1: mm-hmm. probably two thousand six. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and I, I, and so now we have fucking a decade later, the Joker twenty nineteen, and it's we're kind of in a, a a different situation politically, and the I think that you know Joaquin or Phillips's take on the Joker is is more geared towards the fucking internet culture side of it and even though it's in the 80s there's no escaping that a lot of the um cues in this movie are mm-hmm. pretty much like like you know we've been talking about incels a lot that's something that started with the internet like yeah that's how they on message boards and stuff like joker 2019 is internet culture joker and it's in the worst way possible i like i said I, we think it's glorifying the character when it really shouldn't be um and i think if we go back, I don't think really um Jack uh yeah, Jack Nicholson's joker. Yeah. Um I mean not, that was He's not in response to anything. He's not that's in response just to chaotic. anything. That's just <laughs> <laughs> that's probably oh. the best uh, version of the Joker that we have. is <laughs> Jack Nicholson's uh, uh I mean I love uh, what Heath Ledger did, that's obviously my favorite iteration of the Joker, but in terms of comic book character Joker, Jack Nicholson's Joker is is pretty much, you know, that goofy, he's crazy, uh, yeah. he just gassed all these people, like, uh, he's not really in response to anything, it's in the 80s, it's Tim fucking Bert- Burton, Yeah. I mean.
0: Uh oh, Blind Dog got some thoughts, Blind Dog got some thoughts. Blind
1: Dog don't like Tim Burton Batman?
0: I guess so. Well, I, you know, I'm going to echo some of Blind Dog's sentiment here and say that I don't love that version of the character killing Batman's parents. In fact, I think that's one oh, of the yeah, no. more obnoxious parts of Joker 2019 is the death scene, the, yeah. the fucking Waynes getting shot. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's that's what really feels so obnoxious about all of the comic book references that are in the movies. It spends right. large swaths, like, ignoring dc comics and then when it does have uh, a, a fucking you know reference to dc it's just so on the nose and like you can't miss mm-hmm. it like it's the batman origin story scene and you yeah. just put it in your movie and it doesn't need to be in there no. fuck off with that shit fuck off truly
1: yeah, um, I mean, okay. Uh, let me Recorrect my statement here. The Jack Nicholson Joker character, besides him killing back, I never liked that part either. That's not at all. I'm talking about um, everything else, pretty much. Him mm. actually as the Joker, even his origin, the Joker's origin story. Doesn't he fall in the vat of acid in Timber? Oh yeah, yeah. So, he yeah. sure does. He so, sure does. Yeah, yeah. He's like the most. No, I agree.
0: I agree. Yeah. I, I I like I like him a lot. I think um, you know, I'd be remiss. Well, we both would be if we did mention Hamill too uh, mm. in the am- animated series. Oh, for which sure. Which I think that's got to be one of the best iterations of the character because they never fully commit to his origin mm-hmm. um, either. You know, they they hint at it, I think, a couple times, but and also Hamill's just got a great voice. Oh my god, He's for that the, character, the
1: best fucking. Man.
0: I would. I would argue. One of the best iterations of the character is in the Arkham games. Like, mm-hmm. Arkham, Arkham Knight, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum. asylum. I, I, I still Arkham have to Orleans. play Arkham Knight, but um, I definitely loved City
1: I, and uh, yeah. uh, Asylum. I was state. hoping you would bring up the Arkham games, because I've, I've replayed these games probably 500 times each. Like, the Joker in these games is, like... Yeah, like, I think in terms of just, like, everything... They get everything about him right. They do everything correctly. Like, and, and he's also in the. Oh, oh, blind dog! What you got? What you got, blind dog? Come here, Cassie. Cassie,
0: what you thinking about the Arkham Asylum games? Do you? uh are you? Are you saying that Arkham Asylum is too linear, and that you think Arkham City is where it really came into its own? I
1: think she is. Yeah, I, I'll take I her agree. silent.
0: Uh, her silence as agreement. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> profound thoughts. Wow. Well, I I do agree the boss battles are better in Asylum, though, Cassie. That, that's
1: that is very true. Yeah. Good job, Cassie. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Always so thoughtful, this dog. It was. She is. <laughs> I I forgot what I was even on about, but um, just like get everything. What you were saying about how it's like past is like multiple choice. Yeah. They still do that in the Arkham games. Like yeah. it's not like you see little glimpses of. Each kind of like backstory that he has, because they talk about uh, Jack White. Jack White is an old alias for the Joker, and in the Arkham Arkham games, he uh, basically ordered a bunch of. Uh, uh, there was something that he they found some like documents or something at some point in the game that were signed under Jack White. It was an Arkham Asylum when he was emailing. Uh, Dr. Penny Young, it, under Jack White, he's like, oh, that's an old alias. Well, if you remember, I'm pretty sure Jack White was the name of Jack Nicholson's Joker in Tim Burton's Batman. It's
0: actually a weird name. It's Jack Napier. Jack Napier? Okay. <laughs> it's Jack, all right? Jack uh-huh. Jack is usually part of it, which is why... Yeah. Joker did kind of surprise me. It's like Arthur. I'm like, oh, we really are going for our own thing this yeah. time. Like, Arthur We're flag. not going to be seeing any bit of the... Uh, the uh, the other origin story, Jack, yeah. Jack uh, Napier. I want to check that. Yeah, so Jack Napier is the name of him in... Uh, Gotham. In Gotham okay. and in the Tim Burton movie, though. So right. I guess Gotham's nodding to it. Gotham, I never did see, but a lot of people say that kid gave a pretty good take on the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and he's, he's in the Star Wars video game that I love so much. It's uh, Fallen... Uh, Fallen Republic or Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah. main g- character in that game, and he's the Joker on Gotham. I mm-hmm. hear Gotham is kind of fun,
1: but so it's I also watched, bad. I watched the first season, and it, it's fun but bad. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't watch the rest of it. I wanted to though. I remember I would watch an episode. I watched it when it aired on TV. So like every week, I'd wait for the newest episode and watch it. And it was
0: yeah. that's pretty fun when that's an event. Mm. I remember watching the Flash season one and. Really loving that storyline as it developed mm-hmm. across like 20 episodes. But then every other season, it's like, oh, wow, that's a really long time. And also, yeah. you suck too much. <laughs> um, kind of like uh, DC to make those CW shows. Anyway, Joker, that's the tie-in. That's the tie-in. Joker's a character Joker. at DC. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like we've we've said a lot that we really like about the character. But can we get into some things that maybe I think are fundamentally to the cre- to the character's discredit or yeah. a disadvantage? I know that he's one of the most beloved villains of all time and people are usually only praising that character, but yeah, I do I do think there are some flaws that exist that will always hinder uh, the Joker and it's mainly like that he has to be um, crazy all the time yeah I, and i know that's just like such a pivotal part of the character you can't have him not He's be crazy, yeah but like i do feel like that's a large part of what hinders um joker 2019 is that you know we're not allowed any moments to see this character sober and um mm-hmm. you know clear clear thinking um or at least i don't think that character's clear thinking you if you ask an incel you might maybe hear something different <laughs> right but um you know, I, I, I think that in the stories, then, that are brought up, you know, the Joker's always going to have to take things to kind of an irrational extreme, and I think that's a flaw of the character, that some people might think he's deep, but I think that he'll always seem kind of childish, in right. my eyes, because he's always very wrong, Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know, and he's he's very extremified, and I think that this is where other Batman villains get more room to play, like, I'm very curious to see the Riddler in, um, yeah. in the new Batman movie. Yeah, because, Batman. because I think, like, you know, obviously he'll probably be very bad, but I, I would like to see someone who's, you know, a bit more intelligent and who mm. can, you know, reason a little bit more with <laughs> Batman. Like, I feel like with the Joker, it always does come down to, because I'm crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: for sure. I, that, that, that is sort of like a, a flaw that I think. Only in very good Batman media does a bigger reason, other than I'm crazy, come out of the Joker for him to do what he does. And I would cite the Arkham games as sort of an example of that. Uh, Arkham City, pretty much, slash Arkham Knight. There's a little bit of that bleeding into Arkham Knight. But um, the what you're saying about the Riddle. I mean, who better to match, I mean... Um, well let me say it like this all right? There's a reason why all the Batman villains are so popular And so great It's because each of them have uh, a core flaw And Batman is, somehow hinders their goals uh, mm-hmm. Completely So for the Riddler uh, The Riddler is very intelligent Or he likes to think he's very intelligent And he is intelligent for the yeah. most part um, he's got all those riddles by God. Exactly. <laughs> um, but Batman is also known, and I'm so glad that Matt Reeves, I think Matt Reeves pointed this out in an interview, that his new Batman movie would focus on him being the world's greatest detective. Batman started out in Detective Comics. His mm-hmm. other known name is he's the world's greatest detective. And that is a part of Batman that gets ignored a lot for to, in favor of the brawn uh, side of him. But um, I think Riddler, Riddler is challenged by batman because batman's as smarter even smarter than the riddler and that kind of challenges him uh you got mr freeze his wife nora she's a block of fucking ice and he needs to unfreeze her because he loves her but the technology he harnesses is too dangerous and obviously batman takes notice like these are villains with with obviously like, very clear intentions very, one core flaw and and that batman can you know bash with mm-hmm. joker <laughs> his core flaw is literally that he's a psychopath and that he just kills seemingly at random so there's always that that point for me where i'm like okay joker's a fun villain and all but because his backstory is so multiple choice and because in every iteration of him his motive his motives are not are really all always because he's crazy or they're a little bit changed there's nothing you know like with every version of other villains there's always that one thing like with mr freeze it's always nora with the riddler it's always his ego and his like brains that has to match batman with you know i don't know think of another villain scarecrow it's all yeah yeah you know um but with the joker it's always something different so there's always that inconsistency with his stories is what I'm trying to say. The other villains are consistent. Joker is inconsistent, um, really inconsistent when it comes to how well he's portrayed. When it comes to like media of the Joker, but yeah, um, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I think is. What I don't like about him is that there's nothing... There's no one thing you can pick out of the, every iteration What that he wears a clown suit. He's always got clown makeup yeah, on, Joker. Yeah, he's always <laughs> got clown
0: makeup on and green hair mm-hmm. and usually the purple suit.
1: Yeah, usually. And yeah. You, you can always bet that he's going to be insane. Mm-hmm. And it's. I, I
0: think, uh, yeah, it just sets the character up to be either really obnoxious or, you know, riveting. Yeah, You know, there's no in-between. Right. Uh, and I... I hate to say it because, you know, I respect Joaquin Phoenix a great deal, mm-hmm. but this rewatch and this relook at the the character and the elements I like about him, I got to say that Joaquin Phoenix lands in the camp of obnoxious jokers to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I, I, I hope that maybe Joaquin gets a chance to work with a different screenwriter and yeah. maybe explore the character more fully, like, on screen because I don't think it's his fault. Mm-hmm. I think I just don't care for what Todd Phillips had in mind for the I character. So, I mean, it I, would be dope if he returned, though. Y- oh, yeah. That, the actor.
1: I... Yeah. I One thing I realized when rewatching this movie was that Joaquin absolutely kills it. He brings his A-game. And he absolutely does not have to. If you yeah. see the type of films that Joaquin is normally in, him doing a Joker movie that directed by Todd fucking Phillips, he could definitely have just... Phone that in, yeah. But he doesn't. He goes in and he gives his best fucking performance that he possibly can with what he's working with. And I will say, I did enjoy his performance in the movie. Um, I did not enjoy the screenplay, uh, yeah. the direction. Uh, the only thing that I, the thing that I think carried Joker for me is I think the color is really great. The color grading, the color, uh, and the score absolutely carries the film for me. And Joaquin Phoenix does an outstanding job. Everything else is null and fucking void. I just—it's all annoying. But the score and Joaquin and the color, man—that's—that's that's Joker for you. So add that mm. up. It's about a star and a half. If you give a half a star for each thing I like about it, it's a star yeah. and a half movie for me. But yeah.
0: I I I said two stars on Letterboxd, and I feel like that is just Joaquin Phoenix alone. Like yeah, it's like carrying the movie on his back and. I, I, I do feel frustrated, though, because I can't say it's my favorite portrayal, because, you know, the, the words behind, I mean, the words that are coming from the actor's mouth as the character, I just yeah. don't love so much, but right. his performance is just so good. It's mm-hmm. like, ugh, I, I wish I could say I liked it more, but he doesn't yeah. even land with, like, I would say that I'd rather watch Nicholson's take yeah, on the character yeah. as it currently is, or, or Hamill's, or, you know, definitely Heath Ledger's mm-hmm. Uh fuck even like the under the red hood joker was much better did you ever mm-hmm. see that movie mm-hmm. yeah i fucking love that movie yeah that's that a high bar i love that for story the, though yeah the, red the jason story. todd yeah, story
1: it's so fucking good
2: man
0: well we've we've certainly uh we've talked about the joker we we did it <laughs> and now we have to have a new arc and a new purpose yeah so if you guys want to f- help us find our life's purpose um just say it, and we'll yeah. probably latch onto it if it's decent. Or maybe we'll just bullshit if something. We, if we think it's funny enough, we'll definitely
1: just keep on it for a while.
0: Remember this epi- This show ends on episode two hundred fifty, so cherish it. Whatever you throw out
1: there, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it better be good. Whatever you uh, whatever you submit for our next memed episode, indeed, indeed. Well. Uh thanks for listening for 50 episodes for a whole year. Here's to 150 more. And
0: and now some uh just two off the cuff jokes the first ones that we think of since we're a couple of jokers, jokers. okay, Ourself. Okay. Um I'll I'll go first. Okay. <clears throat> so a gorilla walks into a bar and orders a, a drink. The bartender is so stunned and he's just wondering, you know, like when did gorillas learn how to speak? Is this the evolution of the species? Is, is this gorilla maybe just like somehow imitating the motor function of someone ordering a drink? This is incredible. This is amazing. I'm just going to see where this goes. So he takes the, the gorilla's $20 bill and he gets to make it a drink. And he starts thinking, you know, this is the test. If the if the gorilla doesn't ask for any change back, you know, he's just ordering blindly, you know, whatever. Uh, so he brings the complete drink to the gorilla. The gorilla speaks again, says thanks. The bartender goes, oh, that's interesting. Um, and he waits, waits to see if the gorilla will call him out on the change. And the gorilla's just sipping, sitting there, sipping, You know, on his drink and everything. And finally the bartender can't take it. He says So we don't get many gorillas around here And the gorilla says, Well yeah, with twenty bucks a drink I I can see why
1: not (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I fucked
0: it up real bad.
1: That's okay. I'm not a joker.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna have to kill the the host of the show unless he can tell a better joke.
1: I've got a I've got a joke it's actually it it is the killing joke. Okay. Maybe maybe the audience hasn't heard it, but I think it's a pretty funny joke. That's the joke? Okay, it's the joke. It's uh, there are these uh, uh I think it was three guys uh, in an insane asylum, <laughs> and one day they decide that they're gonna bust out, and so they they break. Uh, they find a time right before uh, bedtime. It's at night, right? And so they they bust out of their cells and they escape up to the rooftop. They, uh, uh, they had grabbed a, uh, flashlight, the one flashlight out of a supply closet so they could see, and they were going to have to, uh, jump across the roofs, uh, to basically escape. They see freedom, but they have to make this really wide jump, um, and the first guy, uh, runs and just jumps straight over onto the next building, but he barely makes it. And the other guy uh, says that he can't jump, make that jump because he's got a bum leg. He says, I can't jump over that. Uh, and, he, <laughs> and he says, well, what are we going to do? And the first guy that jumped over with the flashlight, he said, I got it. I'll shine the light over and make a bridge and you can walk across the Bridge of light." <laughs> and he said, well, do you think I'm stupid? I know I'd get halfway across it and you'd just turn the light off.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only joke that made Batman laugh, people. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just like the show. <laughs>
2: da,
0: da, 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 da. That's there's not gonna be the end credits this week. That's the end credits. Oh okay. That's the song. Okay. That.